Are we recording? No, too much, too much, too much, too much. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Ducks Watch Together. I'm Josh. Uh, I'm Kylie. Uh, today's episode, we talk about Little Women 2019. All right, everybody, we're here. We've made it to the beginning of 2020. We've all survived the new year, and uh, we're looking forward to a great one. And so we're here to do a little bit of a wrap-up on uh, the a film that came out at the end of the year while we are wrapped up in our best of the decades and our Star Wars and other things. And so uh, we thought we'd talk today about Little Women 2019, Greta Gerwig's new film, one of my most anticipated films of the year. Um... Do you got any uh, any any thoughts or banter before we just jump right in? Oh, you know, uh, politics. No, I don't want to talk about <laughs> politics. I'm like, we could. Hey. No, that's okay. Yeah. We're having a great time here. <laughs> Thinking about monsters. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, how was Disneyland? It was good. It was good times. We uh, got Star Wars Land for the first time. Was it great, though? Um, Yeah. Correct. Uh, we had Star Wars Land for the first time. It was uh, it's a fun experience. I quite enjoyed it. Uh, we rode the Millennium Falcon ride, um, which is called Smuggler's Run, and is a good ride. I enjoyed it a lot. It is the similar technology like those motion simulators, but it's much smoother and it's much more like you're focused on doing something, so it's much less motion sicknessy. And I really appreciated that a lot. Um, Rise of the Resistance, which is the other big ride, was not open yet. So we have we missed that still. But yeah, the land itself is really cool, really fun. Good time at Disney all around, yeah. Um, wow, someone likes my four-star review of Shrek. You have a four-star review of Shrek? Somebody once told me! Do you, do you need this? Is this yours now? Is this... I just like Shrek, okay? Is this copy of Shrek yours now? I just really like... I have your copy of Paddington, too, in my backpack. Paddington? <laughs> because at any point, I could have a movie night, and that's my pick. Oh, that's a good pick. And I've argued you don't need the first one to see the second one. I would agree. Because all you need to know is that this bear joins a family, the dad wasn't as on board with it, and then he gets on board with it. It's like any dog movie. Any ho it's like a horse movie. Okay. That's really what it's okay. about. Okay, huh? <laughs> Um, yeah, I would agree with that sentence. Thank I don't, you. I would still try if, I don't know. No, you don't. I like Paddington 1, though. Yeah. It's a good movie. However, if I only get one shot. Oh, fair. Yeah. One opportunity. One shot, yeah. <laughs> to lose yourself in the music <laughs> moment. You are never going to let it go. I feel like Paddington would be... I think that the next... I think Paddington 3 should be about him coming to America and hanging out with Eminem. Yeah. And I... Helping him get his family life together. Is <laughs> Mackay Pfeiffer back? You know how, like, Honey Boy was? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Therapy for Shia LaBeouf? Uh -huh. I think we need that for Eminem. I, I, great. Let's do it. Okay. I, you're, I'm on board. Okay, thank you. Yeah. I'll... Let, I'll tweet at Ben Wishaw. Is Paul King directing again? Of course. Okay, Who else would? <laughs> Eminem would probably be on board with it. I mean, 
phenomenal actor. Eminem. He is phenomenal. Look, we did it. We got all around in a circle. I was crying on a plane while watching Paddington 2. Plus, when he's in the water and he's gonna drown. Uh, it's from there to the end. Just like every time, like clockwork. I cannot hear the words, happy birthday, Aunt Lucy, without, like, losing it. Like, it's just, it's just not possible. All right. Um, here we go. We are going to jump into Little Women 2019. Uh... As always with new movies, we uh, will start with expectations, and then we do a spoiler and non-spoiler section. Uh, and I will say the spoiler section for this film is very small, uh, so it may or may not happen, but it might, because I think I want to talk about the ending a little bit. Um, and it, it the, the only spoilery thing to, to say is that there's slightly a difference between that and the book um, and the other adaptations. So when we get to the ending of the film, I guess we'll, we will... Say a little spoilery about that, but other than that, it follows pretty close on to everything else that is Little Women. I was shamed. You were shamed? Yeah, the internet told me I was stupid. The internet is wrong. <laughs> You're not stupid. Yeah, they told me to go watch more movies. Well, listen, the internet is wrong about most things, so, including, I don't know, we're on the internet, so we can be wrong too. That's okay. Yeah, they told me I was dumb. You're not. You're very much not. What happened, Kylie? I don't know. I, there was a thing that said, if you don't understand the editing of Little Women, go watch more movies. Oh. And I went, oh. I sent you that picture of the tweet. Uh-huh. And we had a slight conversation about it. Yeah. And then other people were like, people who don't understand it just don't want to understand it. And I was like, what the heck? That's, Yeah. I just, I don't like that sort of reductivism about, like, somebody makes a choice and then... Because, like... Okay, so I guess we'll start with this. The film's not told linearly. Little Women as a story is usually told linearly. From the time they're children to the time that they are adults. It's over a course of about seven to ten years. Kind of depending on whichever version that you kind of watch and go through. Uh, Greta Gerwig made the choice to not do that in this one. Which I think uh, is a choice where I can see both sides of the argument. I don't I didn't didn't affect me cuz I knew what to expect. However, if you don't know what to expect, I think the movie moves really quick. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Why is there no longer this lackluster of color? Oh, it's cuz we're children. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think that the signposts are there, but I don't necessarily think that means that it is easy to follow at times. You have to you have to get used to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um so yeah, there should be no need to rag on or belittle anyone who doesn't agree with your opinion on anything. Like not even just this, but Josh, like, I have to go yeah. watch more movies. I can't have this conversation until I watch more movies. Well Here, you... let me start with uh just friends. That'll help me understand. I think it will. I think just friends <laughs> is the exact movie you need to the, the, They have to... flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> we'll watch all of the non linear movies. I feel like find. I have ton of lot non linear movies that I like and yeah. I understand. Yeah. Why is this the one that I'm stupid for not getting? It's 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 not. It's in an, it's discourse. It's the unhealthy nature of 
unilateral discourse of just saying that like your singular opinion is right and that if anybody disagrees with you they're wrong oh um we need to talk about kevin that's not linear in times i will say that like a film like we need to talk about kevin I have enjoyed more on rewatches because I understood more of what the storytelling was. Like, I, I, I got, like, the fact that, like, yes, we weren't telling the story literally, but it did take me a moment to ca- catch back and forth with that. So, like, yeah, absolutely. And that's my only non-linear movie. <laughs> that's it? Yeah. Uh, Pulp Fiction is not linear. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, there you go. Kill Bills, they're not linear. So? Um... <laughs> Trying to name some movies that you've seen that are not linear. Um, Inception. Primer. That's linear. Primer. Primer is not. Yeah. Primer's. Yeah. Memento. Ooh, that's backwards. Yeah, so it's still a line. <laughs> There's no start or end to a line, so it's fine. Dunkirk. Dunkirk's not linear. You're right, but there's three different... What were they called? Like, tepid? <laughs> there was a very specific word. Oh, there was. It was like, tepid. <laughs> Trapes. Uh, the trailer for Tenet? That's not linear. <laughs> Any trailer ever? Most trailers aren't. <laughs> Alright, anyways. Yeah, sorry. Um... What was I tried to? I had a conversation with someone about timelines. I don't remember what the movie was, but they said it's not non-linear; it's cyclical. And I told them to stop talking. Wait, what? I also had a conversation with someone, and oh, I got shamed for this one too. That I have never stopped to think about in the movie Scream: When is it Stu, and when is it Billy Loomis? Because I just don't care. Yeah. But, like, apparently I'm supposed to. I mean, like, that's a fun, like, exercise, I guess. I am not IMDb's trivia. Yeah, like... <laughs> here's here's how, what I want. I want a YouTube video that just, like, shows me a picture, and it's like, Skeet Ulrich, Matthew Lillard. Also, they're not the same height. Shouldn't that matter? Anyway, so Josh... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, what's up? Okay, where are we going with this? Um, well, we jumped into just analyzing The things. non-linear storytelling. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you... How do you... Do you like it? Yes. Okay. Um, I actually... So, for me, um, I was interested to see what her take on the story would be. And what I wasn't expecting was where we start the story is like three-fourths of the way in. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of start following their journey as adults, finding out almost where they're going, and then we kind of flash back to childhood. Um, I personally, just for this specific telling of the story, I really liked it because it made this one feel like it was exploring the themes in a more modern and different way. I've already got three very traditional tellings of this story on top of the book itself. That's not necessarily... So when I got here, I was kind of excited to see it told in a different way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, there are times of it that I don't like. Uh-huh. I, otherwise, I don't... There, uh, like, I don't... I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I'm allowed to talk about. You can about. talk about everything, Kylie. So, I don't know. I am not going to attack when you for your opinion. the youngest one dies... Beth. She's kay. not the youngest one. Well, that's not made clear. So, when the youngest one dies... <laughs> Amy is the youngest, which is Florence Pugh. Okay, so um, when the youngest one dies... But Amy doesn't die. Beth dies. Okay, well, when that one dies... Okay, great. Um, and they flash back and forth to the scare before. As I was watching that, and the first time she survives and the second time she doesn't survive, it then just made the first time she survived feel cheap. Okay. Because it doesn't make it feel like it matters that she was able to continue to live a life further. And uh-huh. we actually don't get to see much of her life past the... So when she dies in the movie, we don't flash back much to her life before, after being sick, but before dying. Right. There's only one or two scenes, which then makes it feel like that section of her life after her first illness to her actual death didn't feel important. Yeah. So that was just a choice with that character that then I was just kind of like, okay. There's not much material in the book to work with in that time period anyway. Okay, um, perfect. And so I think that's the one of the reasons why that's really shortened. Okay. Joe leaves pretty quick, and the book follows Joe. Okay. Um, so we don't actually see a lot of stuff with Beth during that time anyway. Okay. Um, it's still, yeah. for me, Absolutely. Just made, yeah. it just made her character feel even... It just it cheapened a lot of it for no. me. Um, Emma Watson's character uh-huh. <laughs> doesn't have... <laughs> much to do. This is a traditional back, complaint back, about Meg, back yes. Back and forth, okay. Yeah. Um, Florence, so Florence Pugh is the youngest. Is, yes, is Amy. Okay, that's a weird... <laughs> I was a little deterred by this, uh, choice of letting Florence Pugh, uh, a woman older than me, <laughs> go and play, I don't know, a 12-year-old. Especially when she's in the classroom, and they're what they should have done. What was hey, call me up. I gotta, I gotta, I have an idea. Instead of having actual children put other almost 30 year olds in the room playing children, yeah, it would have fit much better. It reminds, yeah, a lot. I, I think I leaned over to Anne and I was like, it's like death of a salesman. <laughs> um. I mean, what I will say is, is that um, for that scene in particular, uh, I agree with you that like the school scenes are really hard. I mean, and it's only a little bit of it. Yeah, there. Um, it, it, it was it was hard for me to connect to her being a child. Yeah. Because when I looked at her, I did not I did not see child, and she's trying real hard with that performance. Traditionally. That is, it is with her character. It is cast as a child and then an adult. Okay. Um, unless, so like in the '94 version, it's Kirsten Dunst as a child, and then there's some other actress whose name I can't remember right now um, as the adult. Um, and I, I understand the choice of what they did here. So Amy as a character usually gets portrayed almost solely as an antagonist 
as the opposite of Joe and as the one sister who's like, you gotta love her because she's your family, but she's kind of the worst sometimes. And has not really given her own self-actualization and story very much at all. Like, what happens with her going to Paris and her being an artist and her falling in love with Lori is almost always seen as like this weird kind of after effect of like mm -hmm. Joe's breakup with uh, Lori, so to speak, after their the failed proposal. And so for me, to make Florence Pugh this character from the whole time through, and we start off pretty early, we start off with her in Paris, it allows us to see, allowed me to see Amy as an actual person with wants, needs, and drives, and characters herself. Mm -hmm. And therefore, when she is the antagonist to Joe in many scenes, and she's the opposite um, we're actually allowed to see two people coming up against each other, not a character and a set of ideals coming against each other. And that's what I really appreciated about this choice here. The other thing that is sometimes done is that they just start the sisters off as, like, all older, so they can use the same actresses the whole time. Um, so it's a weird choice. I personally really liked Florence Pugh's performance, particularly as the adult and as the child. It was really, it was a little bit difficult for me to try to gauge what she was trying to do at times in terms of what age she was playing. Okay. But I think in my brain, my justification was that she was an immature older child. Like an immature old, like their, their age range, it's in the book probably is not what is in the film because I think that's the only way to make that work and then with that scene specifically it was a where the kids are around her I almost had this weird thought in my brain of I was like okay because these kids are so much younger and that's probably just like a one room schoolhouse and she's probably on the older end of the class and they're on the younger end of the class that's literally just my brain filling in gaps oh no I just said yeah. she was held back <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair <laughs> enough yeah yeah um, to go back a little bit to what you said about Beth um, Beth is a character in this version who if I do have some complaints about characters who are just put there to be plot points yeah she it's is Beth. Um, and that's usually what she is almost always but I think when you tell it non-linearly when you tell it front to back like what you're saying you actually get to see the value of her and the family a little bit more and a little bit easier. Um, I did like the contrast of the two sicknesses right next to each other. Um, and, and, and I think the only reason I did is because it really... I think it's because I have... Exp I, I know the story. I know what's going to happen. I, um, I think that that's very true, yeah. and we're coming from two different expectations. Yeah, absolutely. Like... I like there there's a phrase that I used a lot in college where um it's teaching to the front of the class versus teaching to the back of the class. Right. And teaching to the front of the class is the kids who are a little bit ahead and they're like they're like the more um prestigious or advanced students versus the students in the back who might not be as clear of what's going on. Right. And so I feel like I was a person sitting in the back watching this movie unfold and being like, what the heck is happening? And you're in the advanced course, and yeah. you're like, well, yeah, duh, of course. This and this and That's this. why we have to change this. Yeah. 
And so, like, for me, Little Women 2019 did not feel, like, introductory to Little Women. Right. It was not Little Women 101. It was Little Women 401. Yeah. But I would be almost disappointed if it was Little Women 101. Mm -hmm. We have that several times over. Yeah, that's very clear. Um, Yeah, and so, yeah. But then, like, it felt like, to me, (laughs) that then I have to go watch... To get the, to, for me to fully understand the story, it almost feels like I had to go, I have to go back and watch 1994 or other things. I don't right. feel like I have a clear full thing. And so, like, this feels like a film made for people who know the story of Little right. Women versus people who don't, like, this is their first time going on. And so I think that the discourse of it, some people are going to appreciate the new takes and, like, latch on to new things and like the different ways that it's explored and some people who have no um history with little women aren't going to see it as fluidly as others um do you think that if you sat down to watch it again it would play better for you now that you knew where it was going some parts right um but i mean like that's hard right yeah yeah (laughs) Kylie, do you think the things that don't make sense to you are going to make sense the second time? Okay, but, like, I think that's fair in some ways because, like, if you're looking at this in terms of, like, a homework assignment, Mm -hmm. if you go through the whole homework assignment and then theoretically you get, like, graded and you know the answers and you find out out the end, Mm -hmm. if you went back and redid the same homework assignment, new things should come at you in a different light. You know where it's going now. You know the story a little bit better. I guess that's my question is, like, would the puzzle come together? Which you don't know unless you watch. But, like, you know, like, I guess that's the, the thesis of the question. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah. The other th- thought that I'm thinking of, too, with this one is, I think, 29- releasing tw- Little Women in 2019, in some ways, in some ways, it is releasing... A movie into a very different environment than um, releasing it at any other point. Obviously, that's that. Whenever you release a movie, it has to be a product of its time. The movies that are coming out that are big and popular and successful now are franchise movies. That are movies that are a part of something that make you feel as if you need to or should have or you want to have had all of this information prior to coming in. Um, and in some ways, I think that's that that hurts little women because it, it kind of tries to do some of that stuff. It says, we're at a point with this story, this story that's almost 150 years in our history. Um, it assumes that you have a level of knowledge of the piece. Um, much like Avengers Endgame assumes you have a level of knowledge about the MCU prior to it. Um... And, and I, I want to say that, like, yes, that is a criticism of this film, but it is also, I think, a criticism of popular filmmaking of right now. We don't get a lot of just beginning, middle, end, standalone movies anymore. That's not, a, that's not popular in cinema, unless they're awardsy dramas or comedies, rom-coms, I guess, when those still come out. Nolan's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the one. Um, it's like, 
it, it's some it's some directors can still put out something new. So like him, right. Clint Eastwood, right. who makes a thousand movies a year. But even Ready Player Fun, that's an original property that plays on the idea of franchises and, and like if you don't have an idea of the culture that it's parodying, mm-hmm. you're lost. Mm-hmm. You know? That's why I'm Spielberg. He's gone he's 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 controlled by the machine. Yeah. Disney. Uh, that was a terrible that was a terrible example. But I was like thinking about, you know, they released that original movie Moana in two thousand sixteen. Yeah, right. <laughs> there is they have another they have a twenty twenty original. Ray? Right. And the Last Raya, Dragon. I think, yeah. Raya and the Last Dragon. Yeah. And technically both their Pixar ones are new original ideas, though Soul definitely feels like a sequel to Inside Out. Mm-hmm. But like even looking at last Pixar, the last two were Toy Story Four and Incredibles. Oh 2. yeah, absolutely. So yeah. oh man, you're right. There's there's no hope. 2020, I think, might be a, a <gasps> bleak year at the box office. Or, we'll find it refreshing. What? What are we gonna... I don't know, Josh! It just sounds like there's new stuff coming out! Oh, those those examples, yes. Never never mind. No more new stuff. We're no, canceling I everything. I like the idea of new stuff, but I just... Like... We're gonna get Zombieland 3, Terminator Dark Fate 2... <laughs> No, I'm saying Jumanji that, 2 Part like, 2? That's what I feel like the year is coming out. Like, I realize like, I paired that sentence with, like, three original things, but, uh-huh. like, the rest of the 2020 calendar is, like... What do you mean we got Sonic the Hedgehog? <laughs> original property. Yeah. Box Office Mojo won't let me get past um, February 7th. New Mutants is finally gonna come out. We'll see. Uh, the King's Man is finally, is gonna come out. The Gentleman. The Gentleman, ah, yes, you know. They all, yeah, um, okay. Let's see. <laughs> 2020, what a year. I, okay, I'm, the way back? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Alcoholic Ben Affleck saves a basketball team. That's what we need to put around our children, everybody. Alcoholics. Josh, I'm trying. I'm trying really hard. My spy? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. My spy. I think that comes out, like, later this month. Alright, I'm not gonna... A Quiet Place Part 2? Oh! I saw the full trailer for that. I didn't. <sighs> it started to play, and then I thought, nope. St. Maud? Oof. Oof. Oh, yeah. Alright. Okay, yep. Okay. Well. Who is going to... Who cares, Josh? We're here to talk about Little Women! Marina Del Rey, or whatever it is? Those two the old ladies go to the beach movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the not SNL SNL skit? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I... yeah. Trolls War Tour? <sighs> Birthday. But they only have four fingers, so it's... It's this, technically. <laughs> it's like this. No, they would. St- I think they'd still do this. They wouldn't do that. <laughs> well, they only have four fingers. Yeah, this is easy. <laughs> well, just because you have to try. <laughs> All right. Um. Bad trip. What's bad trip? Oh, you remember girls trip? No. Okay. I'll stop. stop it. What? Well, is it a girls trip sequel? Yeah. 
Uh, Black Widow. Oh, how could we forget? Birds of Prey and Legally the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Legally Blonde 3? What? Did I stutter? No, you didn't. Okay. Scoob! Okay, listen. Scoob looks kind of adorable. Oh, Artemis Fowl. Huh? The Shining. What? <laughs> Stephen King's like, no, no, we gotta do it again. I've seen The Shining a few times in the theaters, yeah? and so now they're re- it's the 40th anniversary. Okay. I'll go see it again. I saw they did a 4K re-release, and I was in an empty theater yeah. on a Tuesday night. I'll do this again. I'll go yeah. see this. There you go. Take Anne. She'll enjoy. Hey, Anne. Hey, Anne. What you doing May 31st? Okay. Anne, Anne, have a different answer. Anne, Anne, have a different answer. You woke me up. I did not. Kylie did. <laughs> <laughs> Free guy? Tenant? The Purge, Untitled Purge sequel? Oh, yes, here we go. Bob's Burger, the movie? What? Really? Jungle Cruise, an original property, Jungle Cruise. I'm kind of excited for that stupid movie. Oh, blow my brains out for that movie. It's Barb and Star go to, go to Vista Del Mar. Old ladies go to the beach? Yeah. Okay. I liked Little Women a lot. Um, oh yeah, well, that's what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, we're still here on this. I mean, we don't have to be. We can we can okay. call it a day. Josh, I got some questions. Yeah, absolutely. I just need some help. Okay. Hey, Josh. Yeah. Why does Saoirse Ronan's character like that French guy? German guy. Okay. Okay. Um, so. I, I need you to, so, I, need, I need you to answer this question using the movie in front of us. Okay. The movie I saw. Uh, she doesn't in the movie that you saw. Okay. That, that. Okay. Yeah. Follow up question. Okay. Hey Josh, why does she marry him? Or maybe, I don't know. I don't know if she does in the movie that you saw. Okay. This is the spoiler section everybody, so sorry. Um, okay, yes. I, Josh, I didn't understand the ending. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Okay. I, 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 I do in the sense of, okay, so the, the like, longer backstory answer to this is, because um, this is this is the thing that, like, <laughs> so sorry. Um, the end of the book, so Little Women is originally written in two parts. It's written when they are children and when they grow up. And uh, Louisa May Alcott... Uh, when the first part was written and published, everyone kept wanting to go back to the characters and wanting to know who Joe ended up with. Um, and like they kept writing her and writing her and writing her. And she had never thought that Joe should end up with anybody. Um, she's like, no, Joe is a, is an independent writer who is doing her own thing. But because of the times and because of her publishers, she finally eventually just caved and rather than giving everybody quote unquote what they wanted and having her marry Lori um Lori's the worst yes Lori is the worst okay well okay sidebar let's flash back to a year ago when I say that this film is being made and I say oh Timothy Chalamet is playing someone called Larry and you said Lori Lori sir (laughs) Timothy Chalamet and Sir Sharonin yeah (laughs) but he's the worst yeah, Lori is the worst. He always plays the worst. Yeah. 
Wow. I didn't want him to be anything else but the worst. Uh, Timothy Chalamet well, is... Well, he's not the worst in Call Me By Your Name, but maybe that's it. He is the worst in Call Me By Your Name. Oh, hot take. Of the three people there, he's the worst. Sorry, is the mom the worst? No. Army Hammer's not great. Uh, Allison. Oliver is the worst. Uh, Timothy Chalamet is. No. Yeah, he's, he's awful. No. I just want to fight him. Oh, okay. Silence of the Lambs sequel series Clarice set at CBS. <laughs> okay, we're gonna so get a, we're we're gonna get a series about Clarice. She had set up these two. You had asked me a question that I'm still trying to answer. No, Josh, I'm upset. Why are we getting okay. Clarice okay. and we're not getting Hannibal? Because nobody watched Hannibal. I I did. I made my list for the best TV of the decade. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was in college when it came out, and I was like, wow, this is so, this show's great! I mean, a lot of people love that show. No one loved that show, it was just me, you just said. No, nobody watched that show. No, David Ehrlich liked it, and that justified me, it told me that I was allowed to like yeah, it, too. Yeah, there you go. Um, it was, it, one of the many shows on NBC that were loved by a lot, but quote-unquote not watched by enough. Yeah, I'm so sorry. That's why we have 15 episodes, 15 seasons of Supernatural. Well, CW doesn't cancel anything. Kind of like, people are watching this kind of, let's go. Jared Padalecki is going to be, he still belongs to uh, CW. Oh, is he doing another show with them? Yeah, a reboot of Walker, Texas Ranger. Shut up, what? Where he plays the titular Walker, oh Texas Ranger. Oh my gosh, why? <laughs> is this just a holdover until they can reboot Supernatural? Okay, anyways, <laughs> yeah, keep him on. Yeah. <laughs> keep him employed for a good 20, 10 years. Yeah. And then, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Does Sam and Dean have kids at this point? I don't know. Josh, I'm only on, I'm only on season four. Okay. Uh, okay, why does they, why do they fall in love? Okay, so she's writing this book and she's got Lori and Professor Bear and basically she... Louisa Malcott decides that she's going to end up pairing her with Professor Bear mostly because it doesn't like mostly because it was the swerve kind of answer and it always feels a little bit out of nowhere the only version that I've ever watched where it doesn't feel unjustified is the 94 version um, but it is also very clear always that he's so the weird thing about this movie is he's supposed to be much older than her um, and he's supposed to be more like one of those people that's just like is he's kind of lived his life and is going to let her live hers and he'll just be there to support that in whatever way he can and that's the reason why the match is made in this movie as presented it to me seems as if it's presented because it's this one moment that is hyper stylized and hyper romantic as compared to the rest of the film and a little bit melodrama moment when nothing else about this movie feels so really fantasy. melodramatic i think it's fantasy that she's writing at the end of her book because if I think he's seen at the school at the very end, but it's not, like, in any sort of meaningful way. So she makes a change to the end. Of, she, being Greta Gerwig, makes a change to the end of the book, and I think it's because it doesn't feel like it's, it's this natural ending, and that's, that is the reason why that it is the way that it is in the movie. Um, if that ending were on any different version of Little Women, I, it wouldn't work. I do think that it works here only because by changing it stylistically 
it does make it seem to me as if it's it's like a fantasy version. It's the play that she's still living in rather than the actual reality of life. I don't know. I just got to that and I was like, well, I, I guess that's the end. <laughs> that is kind of how it feels a little bit. It, mm-hmm. The end, it's like there is like the end of this book is a little bit hard because it's clear that she's forced to do something she doesn't want to do. Yeah. Okay, next question. Yeah. Why does Laura Dern only speak in riddles? I mean, <laughs> don't all mothers only speak in riddles? Is that is that not As she was talking, I was like she was like, "Hello, my girls. Sometimes a doorway opens up to a window, and through the window you see the Cadbury fly." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> Marmy as a character is there for guidance and to be a moral pillar that they can lean on. She's usually a pretty She's um, a wise fl- old owl. She's a wise old owl. She's usually a pretty uh, for lack of a better word woke character for whatever generation she's being presented in. Um, she is kind of that way because we're seeing the story through the eyes of the girls and they're not specifically Joe and they're not remembering their mother. I think specifically in this version, they're not remembering all of the bad times with their mom. They're not remembering the times where she didn't know what to say or the times where she was, had to be forceful or mean to them. They're just remembering the times where she was helpful and gave them guidance and advice. And especially in the structure of this film, that I think is the reason why it gives Laura Dern specifically less to do as Marmy as compared to other Marmies in the past. Um, but I think that for me is why she does speak only in riddles. Uh, Chris Cooper also speaks in like, just like not like, ooh, hello friends. Yes. <laughs> kind old man. Okay. Uh, Next question. Yeah, what's up? I like this. Yeah. Why does Florence Pugh love Laurie? Okay, so I like this because I can do it in twofold. I can do it in this movie and I can do it in the other things. So in this movie, I think this actually story. This story makes a lot of sense in both versions of it. The 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 Lori Amy relationship is so Amy understands in 2019's version more so than the other ones that her job is to marry to save this family, marry for wealth, marry for money. Um, okay, I, I I I figured it out. Thank you. And she has this choice between. I don't remember what boring other guy's name is. Well, no, he seemed um, not the worst. Well, yes, but he's... You mean boring as in not the worst? Yes, yes, I do as in not the worst. And then Lori, um, she had a crush on Lori when, since the time she was young. Um, and then is uh, then it's just held through through there. Lori had only had eyes for Joe because they're about the same age. Um, and it's not until Amy actually becomes, you know an adult woman that Lori actually looks at her in that way as well. Um, sometimes the question is phrased as why does Lori want Amy? Um, because that makes less sense. Yeah. Um, and that one to me, I think there's two different answers in that question. Because he um, wants to hurt Joe because he's the worst. I, I yeah, no, maybe I don't think he's the worst in the way that he's malicious. Um, I don't. I actually don't think he would ever want to hurt Joe. He's the worst because he can't 
pull his he can't pull his life together. He wants to just be a, a layabout quote unquote artist who wants to live off of his privilege and wealth. That's why he's the worst. He doesn't, he loves Joe. He actually loves her like with all his being. And like, if he, if he, when he was younger could have pulled himself together, I think Joe might've actually done that, but I don't think she ever wanted to get married. That being said, he and Amy make, uh, only sense in the way that I think it's clear that Lori wants to be a part of the March family. It's where he feels loved. It's where he feels wanted and accepted. He's got his grandfather, but other than that, he doesn't have a lot of people in his family. And they accept him for who he is. And even though Amy says, you have to grow up, she doesn't want to change him. And I think that that is why he eventually goes with her. And I, that relationship in 2019, as 2019's version, this is the most explored that relationship has ever been. Usually, most of the versions of this, outside of the book, spend a lot of time with them as kids, and then very little time with them as adults. Well, I, yeah, it's the paranormal thing. It's easier to feel, to, like, feel bad for kids than it is for young adult ladies yeah i i mean sure <laughs> sure um and that's <laughs> one of the things that i personally liked about telling it this way is because we actually get to know them as adults and we actually get to know who they get to end up being but with meg uh joe and amy because they get to live their adult lives um, and I think that's really important because the uh, sometimes the story can feel when adapted wrong can feel truncated and it can just feel like oh yeah like they all lived happily ever after in their own little versions of their lives and it was only their only their childhood is important to them not that their whole life is important when their whole life is important I like that the theme of this movie is that they all have wants and desires and that they all and we actually get to explore what they are and that they can be different. You had mentioned earlier that like Meg is Meg is boring and barely a character. For a lot of times, yes, but I like that what Meg being in this movie, she just wants to live what the traditional life is. You know, she's not questioning or challenging the status quo that's put in front of her. And the film does ask the question of, is that okay too? And is that accepted and allowed as well? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I appreciate that, that the film puts that point of view in there. It creates four different women who have four different ideals and points of view and we get to explore them. That's not something we get in a lot of movies. Most of them. And so, yeah. Do you have any other questions? No, it was just things that didn't make sense okay. while I was watching yeah, this absolutely. movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I totally, like, I get it. Wait, I, okay. Yeah, yeah what's up? But, I, but if that last scene is a fantasy, then what? I don't know. Because Joe has that scene where she's like, I'll just say yes to Lori so that I'm not lonely. And then, I don't know. If that's a fantasy, then we don't deal with that at all. Oh, Josh. Cor cor correct. Josh, I don't know. Now I'm just unsatisfied. Now I'm more unsatisfied with the film. 
okay, but, like, why do we have to have a resolution to her romantic storyline? Why can't we... Like, we know that it's not the end of her life. We know that it would go on and that she's there. And, and for me, that moment where she's like, I think I'm just going to give in to Lori, I think it's because she doesn't feel like she has anything else to do. I think that she feels like she has to do that and then is given purpose again by the school at the very end. But the school is a fantasy. No, the school is not the, the romance part. But the is. guy's there. You get you're very literal. Josh, I don't know what to tell you. Like like <laughs> if you want me to try to dissect it, it's not gonna make a lot of sense. It's just gonna be like there's an emotional feel to it that like if that scene happens as it does, that's totally fine. It can happen that way. Um it's it is unsatisfying that she ends up with Professor Bear in this version because Professor Bear is not really a character. Okay. But that is unsatisfying in almost every version because that's how the story is written. Okay. So the attempt to change it and make it be something that is maybe not total reality. But okay. But like so, she knows Professor Bear. So here's the thing about yeah. here's the thing about okay. So for me, I get like that that scene with her was like the emotional was one of the emotional climax was pretty much the emotional climax that I saw in the film where she's talking to her mom about being lonely. And I know that for other people, the climax is going to be when she is going and making the book. Uh-huh. But I wasn't stressed about that. Like, that didn't hold any emotional weight for me. Okay. It was that scene where she's with her mother. So then, if that, so if that's the thing that I emotionally connect to, then we go and whether or not that fantasy happens at the end... If she has the school, and if that's her purpose, then does she still not have... It's not that she needs... That we have to fulfill her romantic sideline, but it's about Joe accepting, like, her life and what it is. And I see... I get that we get that school scene at the very end, and that's a very short moment. But then that doesn't explain to me whether Joe has come to terms with accepting her life and being happy with it just because she made a school for people. Read and, and that I'm is th- why it's unsat, and that's why right. I'm unsatisfied. So it's not that I necessarily need her romantic subplot to be fulfilled. It's that, <laughs> but I think in some ways, like that is almost like if that's the emotional climax and point for you, because I think there's multiple ones, and you you attach yourself to these characters in different ways. And I think that's 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 really great. I think there's something really honest to the fact that, like, a, 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 a woman in the early, at the Civil War era, at the end of the Civil War, mm-hmm. um, who is going to choose to be alone in some way, shape, or form may have some sort of, especially if the only person that she could see herself with is married to her sister, um, there is going to be that form of unsatisfaction in her life. Mm-hmm. There is an unsatisfactory tone to the character of Joe in general because that's who Louisa May Alcott puts like that herself into the most. And she, as a person, lived this life of like she was a writer and she was successful, but she never got everything she wanted because she felt trapped in the patriarchal world that she lived in. And I think that's really true and honest to the role that is to the to the character of Joe that is put forth here. That like, if you are a person who needs that emotional acceptance of like she got someone happily ever after, there's Professor Bear. It's there for you. Mm-hmm. But there is that little reality to it that like maybe she didn't. Maybe she is like professionally satisfied. And she's got her family, but like maybe there is that part of her that is still needing 
conclusion or needing fulfillment in whatever way because she's in her 20s. You know, she has a whole life to live ahead of her. I think that would be my only counter to that as, you know, it's just like, because, yeah, I can see where it's unsatisfying as well. But I think that that's part of the realism of the piece as well. Wikipedia agrees with you. Yeah? Yeah. How so? Well, that says that it, that, uh, Joe amends her ending so that the main character herself chases after Bear, or whatever his name is, and stops him from going to California. Yeah. And the other read that you could put on it, and this is just another take and stuff as well, is that maybe it's not a fantasy. Maybe it is real. And maybe she, what she's trying to do is she's trying to feel the feel. Because, like, she says she's alone. Mm-hmm. She can't be with Lori at this point. And there's only one other person who's accepted her for who she is, and it's Professor Bear. And so maybe the reason why that scene is so melodramatic and over the top is because she is actually trying to give that emotion that she may or may not feel towards this person because she feels it's the only option that she has left. Women are just faking it. Yes. You know, I mean, like, that is also, I think, a very fair read of the end of the film. And it may be more satisfying than it not being real or not being there. I, the, the fantasy metaphor of it might be too literal of a, of a read on the end of the film. It has layers. I like that it has layers. And I like that there's not... It's a film, like many other films, that like... Even something like Midsommar. I don't care for Midsommar, but Midsommar has a lot of layers. And you can really insert and look at and have conversations and dissect the film for what it is. Because the characters and the storytelling and like the, the way that it's put together. And Little Women is a really similar film in that. And I think that that to me is a signal of great filmmaking. Is that you don't have to love a film. But if you can look at it and, and talk about it and, and see what is there. There are ideas that are being passed around. That is a signal, of, for me, of good filmmaking, at least. You know, it's not something like a Transformers movie, or heck, even a Jumanji movie, which is fun, and you have a good time at them, but they're not character-driven, they're not story-driven, they're very much Saturday morning cartoon-level plots. You know, and, like, there's good motivation for those, and there's, they're not, they're not, there's not, not a use for those in the world, but there can be more to stories. And whether you engage with the story or not, I think is great. I think that's good that you have personal opinion. Yeah. I just don't think that I can engage with this movie because even though I, like, when I was asking my questions, I said, with this movie, you then were also pulling from other things in your, when you were explaining things. And so, like, for me, unless I want to go and do that, it's very hard for me to have much of that discourse and to see those layers yeah in some fashions um yes and I, yeah yeah absolutely i mean i think you do have to want to with any movie you have to want to meet it on its level right but i don't think that this film is ready to meet me on my level and it doesn't need to but uh, like i <laughs> I can't, it's, I, like, even though you're explaining these things and you're, it, I don't see a lot of that in this film still. Okay. And so that's, that's where I'm having trouble talking about this film. 
Okay. Um, yeah, and that, I think that's fair. If, the, if it's not connecting, if it's not doing work for you, then that makes sense. No, it makes me wrong. No, it doesn't. Ask the internet. It, it doesn't make you wrong. It, the internet is, is its own ideas and things, and it's unhealthy to like think that the box of computer and the trolls on the other end of the box of computer are right. You get to have your opinion. Mm-hmm. You get to think about it and uh, analyze it in the way that you want to and the way that this film comes at you. And if it doesn't answer these questions for you as is, then it doesn't work for you. You know? Um, I think there are plenty of movies that out there that, that either work or they don't. You're either on board with them and what they're doing or you're not. You know? It's you, in some ways, it, a meeting a movie is coming together to it in this way of you have to come to it at its level and it has to come to you and you have to to be together and if it doesn't work then that's fine that's that's good that it doesn't work for you you know like it, it doesn't do all things it needs to do i will say that like in trying to even separate everything else that the story means to me and every it's really hard to do that like, this is a story that is ingrained in me since I was a kid. Like, I read this book. I've read it, like, when I was sad and alone and when I was feeling different. And, like, this book was here for me, you know? And so these stories, these stories mean a lot to me. The little, the, any adaptation of Little Women itself. You so ready for Little Women 2? It's coming out. Ooh, all right. It's called Barbie, directed by Greta Gerwig. I love 2022. it. 2022. I love it. I know that that is one of her next projects that she's developing right now. Why? Um, in interviews? I know why she's doing it, and I know the point she's gonna make. Okay, alright. I mean, she... My statement, you're gonna say we don't need anything. We don't need a Barbie movie. I mean, we don't. <laughs> but if we're going to get one, I would like to see Greta Gerwig be the person that brings it to the screen. No. <laughs> Who, who else? Okay, so I have to get it. We have to make it. Well, I mean, in, in the world we live in, there's a Barbie movie coming. Angly. Okay, why? Because <laughs> we'll make it in like 80,000 frames per second. And all the plastic will just look so good. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. Is it an animated movie or is it a live action? It's live action. Okay. She's still gonna animate Barbie, though. (laughs) Okay, wait. So, somebody to make this film. Tom Hooper. (sighs) So you wanna make cats. (sighs) I think Greta Gerwig... For me, Greta Gerwig is a good shout to do this movie because I think what she's gonna try to do is ground the character in an actual fundamental reality and not the plastic world she lives in. Or she's going to take the plastic world and make it commentary much like the Lego movie. Yeah, hence my I know the point she's going to make. Well, yes. Okay, well, guys. I don't know. What's, I don't, why are we even doing anything next week? You can find us at friend of a friend podcast <laughs> on squarespace.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at DWT underscore podcast. YouTube, Duff Slips Together. Tumblr, Duff Slips Together. Letterboxd, RVCT, and Kylie Gallisher. 
You seem so sad. I just, I don't know. Why are you, why are you feeling defeated? Because she defeated me. Who, Greta? Yeah. Why? I'm not smart enough. You are smart enough. I'm not smart enough for Greta movies. Listen. I gotta go watch more movies. You don't. Don't let one troll, like, ruin They're all over my Twitter. Get off Twitter, then. But it's how I learn about news. And BBC. And BBC, there it is. Alright, well, goodbye, everyone. We didn't play our game. Name movies Kylie's not smart enough to understand. <laughs> None of them. Primer. <laughs> do you want the one that I can do good at or the one that I cannot do good the at? The one you can do good at. Name movies with Nicolas Cage. Okay. Peggy Sue Got Married. Next. A National Treasure. Um, uh, leaving Las Vegas. Moonlight. Moonlight. Moon, Moonstruck. Moonstruck, okay. Um, oh. There you go. You're right. Moonlight, he is not in. I was like, wait, what? He's also in Rage, Color Out of Space, Mandy. I like how my go to was next. <laughs> I was like, short. Gone in 60 seconds yeah. was on my cue. Uh, the Wicker Man was in my brain. All right, well, <laughs> we've already done the outro. Um, Goodbye. I'm sure I'll, we'll talk more about Little Women mm, coming soon. Probably. You will. I will, certainly. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. I've been Josh. Was 1917 bad? No, I liked it. Hey, David Ehrlich doesn't. Um... <laughs> Quack, 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 quack. quack, quack. quack, quack.